Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2. But Oh! AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week, complete with a bloody quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. I'm babbling my words and knocking microphones left, right, and center. And Michael Hamlet isn't here uh, because he's just a bloody part-timer. Um, he's not. He's fine. And I saw some people saying, is he all right? He's absolutely fine. He just... Didn't fancy working around Christmas, apparently. Oh, your majesty. Anyway, uh, me and Sid, you're here to review Raw, which I'm sure is the way you'd prefer it. Oh, for God's sake. I'm not uh, I'm not doing a bit. We'll try and make this entertaining, but a re- creatively redundant, repetitive, flat show is hardly going to inspire anything other than redundant content. Like, I, you said to me, right, can we please skip this segment for the five-star review review, and I said no, because I've got virtually the exact same take on every single match. I do have a very astute, I think, insightful, broad-sweeping point Mm. about WWE and wrestling and storytelling and all the discourse that's been popping off of late, Um, because that was a great example of why a lot of that discourse is complete bollocks (laughs) on this show, but my God, I'm going to say the same things over and over again. We'll have some fun with it, I suspect. But Jesus Christ, there's very little to say about this one. Yeah, it was like, it was an eventful show. Was it? In terms of... Things happened, that's eventful. In terms of, you know, Bobby Lassie's been fired. And and I did enjoy the Dominic Mysterio getting misted stuff. And there's there's stuff that I'm, you know, that is building towards next week. Alexa Bliss is the number one contender. Seth Rollins, the, uh, the number one contender for the United States Championship, for example. And the wrestling was good. It's like everything was just... Fine. It felt like a show towards the end of the year where, yes, we do have to develop stuff. We haven't got a big premium live event until Winter the is coming at the end of the year. That looks tits. Yeah. But because they haven't got a TLC, they're just like, uh, just... I love that, by the way. Yeah, man, we uh, can't be doing these gimmick pay-per-views anymore. Uh, 
uh, yeah, the fans just aren't engaging with them on Papa H. Uh, just book a ladder match in December anyway. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that bit. I genuinely forgot because I thought I was just praying for that segment to end. Spoiler, that was the bit I wanted to skip. Like, not being funny, right? Uh, this is too facetious, right? I was going to say, you know, if, if AW booked Pack and Phoenix in a ladder match, I wouldn't be doing cartwheels. I would. <laughs> but there are a few matches where I think if you attach a ladder to the stipulation, am I that much more interested because I've seen it done to death? So you do a done to death stip and put them two in it. What are we doing here? I'm genuinely scared about having to turn to you on Monday and say, what do you reckon to this match tonight then, Sige? I don't know what reaction I'm going to get. Strangle you. Right. Uh, let's start at the beginning of this show because it was uh, bookended by the number one contenders matches, of course. Uh, who will face Bianca Belair next? Alexa Bliss or Bailey? Bailey comes out to start the show, flanked by Damage Katara, although they're not there for long because Becky Lynch, quite rightly, in an, uh, an act of vengeance after last week, beats up Eos Guy and Dakota Kai and chases him off with a chair to leave Bailey isolated. And then, of course, to rub salt into the wound, down comes the Raw Women's Champion, Bianca Belair, to watch this match. Um, and these two worked a, a fun little match, Alexa Bliss mm-hmm. and Bailey. Um, Bliss comes back after a while with a nice hurricane runner off the ropes, but Bailey then cuts her off. And then um, Bliss recovers, hits a cent on off the apron, gets a two count. DDT, another two count. Um, and then Bailey Bliss hit a few nice code reds, but Bailey then counters one and flings Bliss into the turnbuckle, um, and then hits a sunset flip power bomb into the turnbuckle again. And a Bailey to belly gets a near fall for her. Uh, Bailey removes the middle buckle pad, um, but then gets into it with Bianca Belair because she's like, "That's I've ordered," and draws the referee's attention to it, um, and that allows Bliss to recover, knock down Bailey, and hit the twisted Bliss for the one, two, three. Uh, Post match, there's a nice sort of amicable face-off. Um, Bianca Belair extends her hand to Alexa Bliss, and she's like, put that away. Come here, give me a bloody hug. But as she does that, Bray Wyatt's upside-down B appears on the screen, and uh, something changes within Alexa Bliss, and she pulls her into Sister Abigail position. Shout-out to Bianca Belair, whose little head turn popped me huge. A great little, like, what are we doing? Um, but then Bliss suddenly recovers herself, realizes where she is, and, and stops herself. But... Uh, Yes, ominous foreshadowing that, Sid. Was it ominous? Like, in theory, on paper, it was ominous. I don't get any kind of unsettling vibes. It just, well, I do get an unsettling vibe. It's like, all right, okay, we're going to watch one of the worst characters. And one of the most inadvertently problematic things that WWE has ever done, they infantilized a grown woman and had her adopt childlike characteristics when she was the romantic object of the fiend's affections. Mm. And they sexualized her by having her sit around the Orton's cock as well. So <laughs> I, 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 it's so noncy. I, I don't want to see noncy stuff on TV. It's embarrassing enough as, as it is if, like, my family were to catch me watching this. Yeah. I, I don't think this match is very good. I don't think any of this stuff really looked like it was connecting. And there's nothing worse in pro wrestling than when you can't take something seriously. That in itself sounds ridiculous, but wrestling is inherently like sort of just oxymoronic, Mm. I guess, a paradox. Um, But when you're doing the big sitting down to cry or look emotional, visibly so, when you've taken the next step in your career and you get closer to a title, it has to feel like a hard-earned triumph and a really closely contested great match and that this wasn't it at all, so I didn't buy the post-match scene even before 
Bray Wyatt business became part of it. Um, not a good match, like not a good match. And this is pretty dismal for me in setting the tone because I just wasn't fired up. Was not fired up remotely watching this. Uh, just some of the stuff here does not look like it hurts at all. Yeah, I the Alexa Bliss stuff. They got confused. They were doing weird stuff on the outside. I'm like, what are you actually doing here? Mm. Uh, bizarre. I thought the finish, how was that a distraction? Mm. And like a move that, I don't know what Alexa Bliss did to position Bailey for the Twisted Bliss, but it didn't look like, it, I didn't buy it. it no, it was down. impactful. And again, it, Bailey just turn her face. This is a farce at this point. Yeah, I think that's this has got to be the final nail in the coffin for her as a, as a heel character. Uh, we go backstage. Byron Saxon is chatting to Alpha Academy uh, and they're re- reminding us about what happened with Milkomania on Friday Night Smackdown and all the all the milk puns. So and when Gable Stevenson made his uh, WWE debut by spraying an unwilling participant with white stuff. Lots of milk puns in here. Uh, and they're all uh, very embarrassed and pissed off with Kurt Angle's cheap parlor tricks, basically. So that was bad optics, I think, but carry on. Mm. AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, and Mia Yim walk by, and they're chuckling away, and this annoys uh, Chad Gable even more. Um, and uh, it turns out to be the clip of, uh, just so happens, uh, it turns out to be the Alpha Academy milk clip, um, which Carl uh, Anderson, they said, has been uh, sharing with them and uh, showing everyone in Japan. First guy ever to be working New Japan whilst contracted to WWE, is that? It's got to be one of the most... Well, after they had a sort of working relationship of sorts. Mm. Mm -hmm. Liger? Yeah, maybe, yeah, that's a good point. Liger was on a sweetheart deal, like New Japan would let him do whatever whatever the hell he wanted. Yeah, Carl Anderson, fair play. Um, And uh, Gable says Styles is a fossil, just like Angle. So he challenged. So Styles has challenged him to a match. This happened earlier on in the day, uh, and yeah, oh, he stinks of milk because he can't fit in a shower. <laughs> so why doesn't he stink of like bo and everything else? Yeah, good point. All of the time. Why do people wrestle him? Why does he not? That's uh, stupid. It's fine. Stupid. Um, and then we got the match: AJ Styles versus Chad Gable. And uh, pass it on. These two are quite good wrestlers. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, they put on a really enjoyable under 10-minute match. Yeah, that was dead. Well, this that whole, was so bleak, this. This whole crowd was... Where were they? Milwaukee. Go Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks, my team. Uh, but, yeah, there, there's a large part of this show, again, with a really dead crowd. I, again, must ask the question, why are they buying tickets? Why? It's one thing, right? I don't blame... Crowds. Oh, this crowd is dead. Boo the crowd. It's like they're not engaged in the product. And yet, they also are because they are watching it on television in a really impressive number. They are buying tickets at a fairly extortionate price, particularly when we know what the bloody world looks like in terms mm. of rising prices and multiple financial crises and the cost of living is just absolutely despicable, quite frankly. And they... Fill those goddamn arenas. Yeah. It's not like the AEW crowds where you can objectively say, like, they're obviously doing something wrong because those gates that we've seen of late are really not impressive at all. And yet, WWE generally gets great houses and no one makes noise. They used to, years and years ago, 
and I can completely understand, not why they would buy the tickets, but why they would look on a 2019 WWE after WrestleMania 35, because some of the stuff in the lead-up to it was very good, and just think, what am I watching here? I could po- I could not possibly care less and make noise to express mm. that I care. This is meant to be Triple H, Papa H, Savior, Wrestling's back, WWE's hot. Is it? I just I will never get this as long as I live. I think that the and I've said this often, the mega fans will have to forgive me. When there was the great hemorrhage of 2015, when the 2015 Royal Rumble happened and WWE's viewership is beautifully analyzed by Brandon Thurston mm. from that moment. If anything, if it could be traced back to any moment, it was the 2015 Royal Rumble where there was a wider, there was a decline in WWE's ratings that was more significant than the wider trend. So mm. it couldn't just be attributed to the fact that cable TV is not as hot as it once was, and that's putting it mildly. Those disenchanted fans, and it wasn't just on the back of that, it slowly uh, dropped off, dropped off, dropped off. Obviously, AEW launched because it was felt that there were enough of them mm-hmm. to create a new viable upstart, and that was proven right, that hypothesis. So I think the vocal ones who really, really cared to make noise and defy WWE for its various booking tropes, like uh, trying to suppress the rise of Daniel Bryan and CM Punk and um, just forcing Reigns, the babyface, yeah. down their throats. They all thought, right, I care passionately about this, and I'm sick of being told to fuck off, basically. Mm. So I'm going to go to ROH, New Japan, and then eventually AEW. So the most vocal, hardcore ones who really, really cared, enough to make noise, now make noise in AEW arenas, and we're left with the people who are just happy to watch the show. It's fair enough, it's their prerogative, but the atmosphere for me is just, it's never been more apparent, despite, or maybe because of Triple H taking over, that it's just a completely set of, different set of fans who don't necessarily like professional wrestling, when Gunther was saying, yes, they weren't booing him for saying, I'm a professional wrestler. They're saying, what? I'm bored of this. It's just so bizarre. It's really it's, strange. It's a uniquely American thing, I think, um, because in Cardiff, Wales, mm. and there was obviously people from all over the UK, they were desperate to get in on it, and it was so loud. The American weekly audience that WWE has still got and it's very impressive in size. Just don't care about wrestling. And if they're watching a wrestling show, and I'm watching a wrestling show, and I've been watching it so many years, and I know that the successful measurement of great in-ring action and crowd psychology and audience interaction and the like, it's measured by noise, and there's no noise. So I don't know what they're getting out of it at all. It's a new thing that I don't understand. Maybe I'm too old. So I just sort of... Uh Three different thoughts throughout this about the crowd. So initially I thought, God, this crowd's dead. It's been highlighted. I think there was a clip that did the rounds from the Dakota Kaio Sky match, right? Really good wrestling and no reaction to it whatsoever. So I was like, all right, maybe this is, you know, still a Vince crowd, i.e., well, you know, let's get this wrestling out of the way so we can do the sports entertainment stuff. And admittedly, the sports entertainment stuff on this show was dreadful. But if you've come for that, whether it be the god-awful Johnny Gargano t-shirt Miz Dexter Loomis bollocks, right? All right, you don't want to pop for that. Pop for Elias. Elias got nothing because he, he's very sort of, you know, 
What with the lights got a reaction? Beyond that, nothing. So I'm like, right. Well, maybe what it is, is it is actually a hot crowd. It doesn't look like it, but it is actually a hot crowd. And for whatever reason, in Milwaukee, they are mic'd badly. And then Sammy Zayn comes out. And people are like, yeah, Sammy Zayn. Ooh, see. So there is a reaction there. They are capable of yes. it. We've talked about this with impromptu matches, cold matches, which is so ironic considering the bollocks I read every single day on that hell app Twitter. <laughs> They're telling great stories, okay? And it's all about stories, and the matches only get over when there's a big, sweeping story attached to them. Why did Miz versus Dexter Loomis get nout? Yeah. Nout. Let's, let's talk about this match. Really good match, Styles and Gable. Gable can pull a great match out of anyone. AJ Styles is a, pun intended, phenomenal pro wrestler. So they worked really well together. Uh, Gable comes back with after the break with three straight German suplexes. Styles blocks the fourth one, but Gable catches him and hits him with a release German. Puts an ankle lock. Styles beautifully reverses that into a calf crusher. Gable counters that into an ankle lock again. Styles slips out of it. Gable follows with a Northern Lights suplex for a near fall. All great stuff. Um, and then um, Styles goes up, sorry, Styles, Gable goes up for a moonsault, miss, misses it, and I can't really describe what happened. Styles goes for the pin, and then at the moment that it looks like Gable's going to just get out of it, he just rises up, immediately has him in position, hooks the arms with his legs, Styles clash, one, two, three. I love that finish. It was great. It was absolutely fantastic. AJ Styles is so good at trapping people into the Styles Clash. Like some of the, you still to this day see MP4s of his Ring of Honor mm. transitions into it and his TNA transitions into it. It's like uh, a Cruyff turn or a rainbow flick, like a bit of skill, mm. a bit of deception that just completely wrong foots his opponents and he can just get them. I love the finish to this match. And as much as the work was very, very good and crisp and just intricate, Really well thought out throughout. Bleak. I was watching it go, oh, fucking get up for this, man. Yeah. But maybe it's a cold match and, you know, there isn't a story. Well, that's a little bollocks, and we'll get into that later. Uh, Gargano and Loomis are backstage. They've got a whiteboard of what they're going to spend all the money on. Maybe they're going to get both fully functioning Iron Man suits because they like that sort of thing. Ugh, Christ. Candice LeRae shows up and says, uh, kind of got everything we need so it's the season of giving what do you think about that and Gargano's like hmm that gives me an idea more on that in a short while Kathy Kelly is there with the uh, gorilla with the Street Profits and Akira Tozawa uh, and they said why did you help Akira Tozawa last week and he's like because it's Akira Tozawa he's a legend Angelo Dawkins says Akira Tozawa is my ninja Tozawa yells we want the smoke Drinks his red solo cup and they all yell and head out there. They seem like a good fun bunch of lads. I like this. Yeah. For that exact reason. Uh, and then Amiable. Were, yeah. They're in a match with Oh, good one looks for going wrong here, Sidwick. Uh, oh yeah. I'm in the fucking judgment day. day. Sorry, I didn't realise who I was allowed to swear, so we could do it one more time. Yeah. Because yeah. the beep because the bleeps are gonna be so close yeah, yeah, together. Yeah, easy, I'll just write down. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um I'm in the f***ing judgment day. Yeah. Look at that hamlet. If you'd have been here, you could have been part of that, you prick. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking, of course. Is um, it not a rail strike? Huh? Is that why he's not here? Is that it? 
He could have just walked or stayed here last night. He slept in this room before. I know this. Bloody part time, part time. Anyway, Judgment Day uh, against the Kiritazar and the Street Prophets. And this was a real showcase for Damien Priest. He looked like an absolute beast yeah. in this. Um, and it wasn't even the high, this is the best thing on the show by a mile, by the way. Yeah, so he they get a heat on Akira Tozawa. Uh He finally makes a hot tag to, to Montez Ford. My God, it's good to see him back in a wrestling ring again. Uh, and he's running wild. And then Damian Bruce sends him bloody flying over the announce table. Um, and I do love the old school uh, Ford tags Dawkins, but the referee didn't see it because of Damian Priest. And they're like, no, no, no. And it, I love that. Always gets the crowd of like, that's, there's been a, uh, miscarriage of justice here and always gets him into it. So eventually Dawkins does get the hot tag and he just batters Finn Balor. Back elbows, enziguris, silencer, goes for the pinfall, but the best wrestler in the world, Dominic Mysterio, breaks up the cover. Everyone comes in, trades moves. Uh, Priest choke slams Ford, chucks Dawkins out of the ring, um, but then Tazawa knocks Priest out of the ring and hits a suicide dive on Dom. Uh, Tazawa's looking great here. Mm-hmm. He uh, hits DDTs on Finn Balor and Dominic Mysterio. Goes up top. It looks like Tazawa's going to get the win for his team, uh, hitting Dominic Mysterio. But Priest has recovered, grabs him from the apron, and razors edges him into the ring. And Dominic Mysterio makes the cover for the win. Love the finish. Love the, the the stretch, the closing stretch of this match. It was fun throughout. This is the best thing on the show. This is the most I was engaged in the show because it was like a unique combination of new wrestlers interacting with one another, which was not something I saw later on and something objectively good, but a bit uh, tiresome at this point. Wrestlers who've not really interacted that much, being showcased, made for a really great match. Not great, but a very, very, very good match and indeed atmosphere. Bit of a revelation I had watching this, right? If you have Akira Tozawa, a wrestler so gifted that mm. it is the last two years of his life, and well before that, to be quite honest, in yeah. terms of being shunted to 205 Live, it just represents total and utter promotional malpractice, right? If you allow him the platform to do his incredible professional wrestling, then the fans are going to go banana, to quote mm. Pat Patterson at his great professional wrestling. Now, I know that this isn't a hard and fast rule because Gable has been given loads and loads of opportunities, and I don't know if it's just his style. It's a bit too intricate, a bit too amateur-leaning, a bit too technical. Maybe this broader WWE audience needs the sort of fireworks that they got out of Tozawa, but Mm. a particular style, an beautiful, uncut version of it, he was going crazy in there for the last three minutes got the loudest reaction of the night when it wasn't Sami Zayn or Seth Rollins in that ring. Yeah. And it was just struck me that with all this discourse of stories versus fixtures, or do matches need to have stories? Well, every single wrestling match has a story, right? And you can tell a story in a wrestling match. Every single wrestling match has a story. If that person wins, they get closer to the title picture. Mm-hmm. And if... A grudge feud is to emerge from or between, sorry, two wrestlers. It has to grow so intense that they abandon their pursuit of victory and title pursuits. Yes. That's how it has to work. And if there's nothing to suggest that there's a sporting framework in place, it's just contrived nonsense that exists for the sake of putting two or three hours on telly every single week. Wrestling 
If it's great, we'll get a reaction. A very story-driven match, if people are emotionally invested in it, will get a reaction. One has to exist for the other to exist, right? But if you do both things equally well, you will get a reaction from a crowd. Mm. And the fact that Tezawa got it, and Miz, who I'm told all the time is a wrestling legend and is a star, if he can't get that reaction, right, despite being a star, mm. despite being involved in a story that is stretched months at this point, then maybe the story's rubbish, and it doesn't matter if a story exists, the story actually has to be very, very good. Mm. Like, Tazawa's reception here was a kick in the teeth to people who had terrible takes on Twitter for the past fortnight. I just don't like That's it. all it needs sometimes. I don't like the fact of people going, where's this been hiding? You it's hid it. Yeah. They, it's been there for years. It's been there for years. Like, a criminal. Even under Pepper H, and yes, he's done this where Vince would never have. But even so, like, this system is so multifariously bad. And I would argue to this day, um, there are glimmers of hope. Gunther's getting a bit more over than he would ever have done under mm. Vince. Ricochet got a great reaction by the finish. But maybe they just need to do very basic, absolutely non-incompetent things for like <laughs> a year for fans to finally realize, oh, this is what it's meant to be. Oh, yeah. I'm into this. I'll make some noise. I'm so sorry. Because now we have to talk about Johnny Gargano, Dexter Lumis, and The Miss. Hey, I, I'm not skipping this. I know. I was really hoping you were going to say yet. So they've got all this money, season of giving. So they go to the merch table and chuck wads of cash at the bloke and say, we'll take it all, basically. And grab handfuls of the stuff. And he gives a teddy bear to a young fan who's very thankful for it. That was a nice moment. And then they go to a break, and we come back, and they've got uh, Dean Ambrose's little red wagon that he brought to WrestleMania with all the merch. And it's meant to be is it Quill, his son. It was meant to be his thing that they've borrowed to pull all the yeah, T-shirts for you and uh, bollocks, you know, other merch that for you, et cetera, et cetera. And they chuck it into the crowd, and they go around, and, they, and everyone's really happy for getting all this free stuff. Like, what are we doing here? Um and then suddenly a hooded figure jumps Dexter Loomis from behind, snatches the big bag of money, and hightails it out there. Well, tries to, gets to the top of the ramp, and there's Postman Pierce walking out and says, where do you think you're going? Get back in the ring. And uh, tells him, right, you've got to give this money back to Dexter Loomis. It's his money. He won it fair and square from you, and you owed it him anyway, sort of thing. Anyway, and Miz is like, please give me the money. <laughs> I'll even earn it back in a rematch, and there's some... <laughs> it's quite funny, because he's calling him Mike, and his name's The Miz, and he was not... I don't mean to tell you, he was or not happy. <laughs> <laughs> Gargano says, all right, let's have a rematch. Yeah, it's not him, because we can't let Johnny Gargano wrestle for some goddamn reason. Uh, he has a word with Dexter. And it's going to be a ladder match. And he says, uh, "Why the winner has to retrieve both bags of money from above the ring. And Miz is really happy. And he says, like, wait a second, what did you say there? Both bags. And Miz says, well, yeah, it's double or nothing. Winner take all, baby. Finally, a wrestling promotion can do double or nothing, right? Um, Miz says, 
not going to rise to it. Uh, just a terrible joke. <laughs> Stupid wacky arsehole. I uh, literally have been at one of them and re- had a fantastic time. Anyway. Uh, that's harsher. That's yeah. going to get a rise out of his arse. <laughs> Miss says, I've got any money. I'm uh, not liquid or whatever. I'm, I've got loads of money, but I haven't got, I can't get my hands on the funds. And Maurice, you know, uh, has gives me an allowance. And he goes, you got tiny balls. And I was like, you got tiny balls, Miss. Tiny balls. And they argue, and then and then Beard says, "Why don't you dress as an elf and give out the rest of the crap?" And then that's it. That was the end of the segment. I, I don't actually remember what the definitive like. Boom! There's the end of the segment was because I just was willing. I wanted to die watching this segment. I've got to be honest. For about, uh, let me see. When did he really? When did fans really start to go? Oh, you know what? Got the tenure. It's actually changing up his style a little bit from this Hogan adjacent act. That was in 2015 with the US Open Challenge. He really started to, fans really started to resent him in about 2006. Nine years of John Cena screaming himself so hoarse that I'm in amazement to this day that he did not give himself a hernia. Licking the inside of every fan's arsehole, trying to get a positive reaction. Five minutes every single week, screaming his stupid head off, trying to get the fans on side. And eventually, on certain weeks, they might give him a positive reaction in those excruciating show opening promos. Nine years of John Cena doing this, and I lived through it. Even he would turn around and say this gift-giving stuff is desperation. It's absolute it? desperation to get these lads over as baby faces. It's, uh, it's one of those, uh, Triple H has got this really uh, savvy, you can't criticize me, I'll sign all your favorite wrestlers. Mm, said he wanted wrestling. He has 20 minutes of it when it should be 12. I thought you liked wrestling. Don't you like wrestling? Uh, don't want kids to get presents. <laughs> He's got these cheat codes to get non-discerning morons into his product. And this is pretty, uh, this is desperate even by his standards. This is a man who had Mauro Ronaldo on commentary in NXT in 2019. It's the best f***ing thing I've ever seen, Corey! <laughs> is it? And you're just telling me that very, very loudly and I'm not being shown it. Couldn't they have just done the, giving out the t-shirts to the crowd to get him on side during the ad break? Can't they not do that during Dexter Loomis' matches? Because <laughs> at least they will get a reaction. <laughs> Uh, this is terrible. Uh, is he carrying a knock or an injury? Who Gargano? He, he better. There's be got to be something to this. There's got to be something to this. The guy's nickname is Johnny Wrestling. For goddamn sake, Johnny uh, Philanthropy. Johnny Terrible Comedy. Was there even comedy here? You Saying know, the word Mike isn't comedy. I know. Nominally, it's comedy. Well, They're trying to be funny. And again, like, I, I, again, I make this point all the time. It bears repeating, in my opinion. Tony Khan. And I'm not bloody bound to lick his arse and be positive about everything he does. I think 2022 has been the year of good faith criticism, goddamn, yeah. of everything AEW does. Jesus Christ, this is a guy who gets. Who's that? Don't know who that is. Never seen him before. He can't be very good. 
<laughs> Except everyone in the in the arena kind of knows that this person is very good, and that's why they've got the match, and that's why everyone's really going mental for it. But don't know who that is, and I don't know who Jim and Jeff and all these other people I make up. I don't know who he is either. Right. <laughs> um, Johnny Gargano. Right. If you've not watched NXT 2.0 or NXT Blake and Gould mm. in the Capital Wrestling Center, just appears to me like he's. It's like a crossover from a sitcom. And I'm like, what are you doing and who's this? Mm. Like, it's like, I'm Johnny Gargano. Like, who? Like, I don't know who you are. I don't know why I'm meant to like this aspect of your personality. And I know the real reason. It's because you got too melodramatic and you jumped the shark. And this is why you've gone in a more comedic direction. But without that context, I'm, 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 gonna, I'm just going to say it. The casual fan must be baffled by this. Like, mm. why am I meant to find this mm. prick funny? Or nice? What, what is this? I don't know. Why is he mates with him? Awful. NXT, Black and Gold, Capital Wrestling Center is more niche than DDT. <laughs> so this does work for me. Thank you. It's not hypocritical. It's Do you know how many absolutely amazing joke tweets I made about NXT, Black and Gold and got no likes? Yeah. And I'm not just saying that. I'm probably on Twitter in small circles. I can get bloody likes. I know the game. You could with your best crack, but no one gets it because anyone watched it. Yeah. I just couldn't get over the fact that you know, just it's like something's got to be happening here. Get a t-shirt cannon out, and then it's just Miz again. And they went, oh, kind of. No one cared last time, despite the months that we put into the build for this. And then they went, make it a ladder match. I just was disgusted. I was by disgusted this. by this. Johnny Gargano to this day, he might have had it rivaled by a Volta Dragonov match. Or a, maybe even bettered by a Walter Tyler Bate match. Or there or thereabouts. The, the highest rated wrestling match. Wrestling match in WWE history by Dave Meltzer. And it's not just Dave. Like Everyone thought it was amazing. We it was, were there. It's my favorite ever wrestling match. Right. With that in mind, you, you get told, Urgh. Oh, by the way, Triple H takes over WWE. Great. Is it? But it's better, probably. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Gargano and Dexter Loomis, is, they're going to come back on Raw. Ah, I'm 50% happy about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dexter Loomis is going to work as many matches there or thereabouts. And part of this is that uh, he's not actually under contract, but Gargano is. When was the last time Johnny Gargano wrestled? One cage match. He mu I'm interested if he's doing house shows. If he is, I'm going to be... It's not as if, right, they're being really nice because Gargano's a, the, the Triple H guy and he's got a kid at home. He's there every week just not wrestling. Does he do house shows? Sorry. He does house shows. He worked... He, yeah, he's done a couple of shows. So he lost to he lost to Omos in that match. That was... And he lost to Miz. That was he, this October. And he, sorry, he's lost three on the trot on Raw, I've realised. Corbin, Triple H can't book. Corbin Mizomos for Gargano. Ooh. That's, if you read that cage match listing with no context of how WWE has, air quotes, dramatically transformed in 2022, if you just printed that out with no context attached to it whatsoever, right, and you went back in time to this time last year and said, Look at this. This person would go, and I'm used to Vince McMahon doing this stuff so by to NXT guys. He's not even 50-50 him, by the way. I've just looked. He's not even 
But worse, he's won three and lost four. And one of the one wins was a tag match. Look, I'll retract. Will I retract this? If it emerges... But yeah, sorry, to answer your question, he wrestled over the weekend. All right, okay. Tagging with Kevin Owens against the Alpha Academy. In December? Oh, yeah. Because they do dates weird in America. One second. Because it's got 12 in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 10th and the 11th of December. Not being funny, right? What's not going as, on? It's not as if he's Brock Lesnar. He's not like a special attraction. He's a wrestler. He's Johnny Wrestling. Three and four? And he's... I don't know what... Unless he's just... But then what? Have him wrestle here, right? If he can wrestle, have him wrestle literally anyone. Yeah, because he's great. Right? Have him win. But in amongst all this, Dexter Loomis, because they're bloody mates, can be giving out gifts. You want to do that bollocks, right? And then see, then he gets jumped after the match or towards the end. And then you do all this crap. And then you can have your Dexter, Miz, pointless ladder match money stuff. In reality, he isn't a Brock Lesnar type who's a mercenary who yes. will, can wrestle as he picks and chooses because it's Brock. You will let him do what he wants. Nor in character is he an MGF who has worked. What a genius. He's worked a very limited schedule into his wrestling character because he's incredibly clever. Johnny Gargano was neither of these things. And even if he was a character or a person who could get away with just not wrestling every single week or whatever. I don't want to see someone every single week, but if your character's Johnny wrestling, it makes sense for you to wrestle yeah. more often than not. He's not exactly got a dull style. Exactly, exactly. And even if the idea was, right, we want to treat Johnny spe uh, different, be special, we've got big plans for Johnny, and uh, want to keep him as a special attraction, you have to tell a good story. They're going to make it. They're going to sit to preserve his special appeal. They're going to turn around in January and go, "He's a real contender for the Royal Rumble." And you're like, why? If they are deliberately holding him back from wrestling because they want him to be a special attraction and they've got massive plans for him, what an absolutely rubbish vehicle this storyline yeah. is to accomplish that. Triple H can't book. Moving on. Crazy pills. <laughs> One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Next up, it was uh, Candice LeRae versus EO Sky. It's a bad night in the uh, Gargano household um, because they had a really enjoyable match. Again, just to reiterate, dead, dead, no, no one dead cares. Crowd. No one cares. No one cares. What they're um, going for? Don't get it. Never will. Um, Sky hit a co-break off the ropes. Uh, LeRae fights back and uh, hits a poison runner outside the ring. Really enjoyed that. That got her a two count. And then... It felt like they missed a step towards the end. Because I thought, if Subin had said to me, uh, yeah, Sky's going to pin Candice LeRae, I was like, okay, I suppose I get that because Sky has to win because they've got the tag match for the titles on Friday. So you want to make her look strong. But in my head, you'd go, big distraction or interference from Dakota Kai. I know it's rote and, and you know, overdone, but you're going to be, they've damaged Katara and going their separate ways in probably... Less than a month. Just to cut you off, I'm sorry, again. We're manifesting that into existence. Granted, yeah. We don't know that's happening. But then, and then, then, you know, Sky hits, Sky's great. All she needs to do is drop her and then hit that moonsault. Yeah, I'll buy that as a finish. But it's, she just hit her with a German suplex and went, oh, cool, time for the finish then. And hit the moonsault. I was so confused by the finish. Yeah, flat, abrupt, anticlimactic finish. Dead crowd. Genuinely, again, bleak. We know what these two performers are capable of when they've got a story, when the match is built, when it's in front of a crowd that is receptive to professional wrestling. And ultimately, under Vince, I was like, of course the crowd's dead when they see wrestling because it's not what yeah. they're here for. It's not that kind of crowd. Triple H is desperately trying to make wrestling happen. Yes, he's doing really rubbish sports entertainment bits that perplex some people, not me. He studied under Vince for however many years but he's really trying to do the best of both worlds. Mm, you yeah. get sports entertainment, but you get long matches with great talent. And these fans, they're just, they don't, they're not interested. They are absolutely not interested, except they could be because I heard an actual awestruck, one of the best noises you'll ever hear in wrestling. Ah, I love hearing it. Ah, it's great. Shirai did a springboard off the top rope, drop kicked. Candice LeRae, who was sitting atop the top turnbuckle, and it looked so risky and so cool, mm. and like so hard hitting that this, these fans gasped. Mm. Maybe they are not just these idiots. I want to go to the WWE show. <laughs> I like the music and the pyro. Maybe they're not that. Right? Yeah. Funnily enough, I've been trying. I, I do get worked by the small sample, but I do genuinely hold the belief that the vast majority of wrestling fans are not complete idiots. I just don't think they get enough credit. I think they get oh, this rubbish crowd. Super WWE fans don't appreciate great wrestling. I think they want to, and I'll probably be all over the place on this podcast. But I've, with Eel Sky and Tazawa, you see glimpses that if maybe it's just going to take a full year of this sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, like we said with AEW, like I can't take that stipulation seriously. Well, why? Because under Vince, it was. That way for so many years yeah. that they can't take it seriously. 
and we'll get another example of why this crowd, why it's going to take very long for this audience to really take things seriously when we get to this freaking main event segment. Uh, I did like what came next, though. So they show the replay of Riddle being taken out by and say he's going to be out for six weeks. You know what the reason for that is in reality is if you don't go and check out our news video from this morning. Um, so Ke- Kathy Kelly's talking to Kevin Owens because he was obviously tagging with Riddle uh, last week. Or he made the save, I think, or both. And uh, uh, Elias interrupts, and Kevin Owens can't believe what's going on here. He says, uh, look, so we all saw what happened to Riddle. I'd really appreciate it with my match with Solo Sikoa if you'd be in my corner tonight. But Kevin Owens remembers. He's like, I've not forgotten about what you did to me earlier this year. You, as Ezekiel, did all this bollocks and wound me up. And Elias is like, no, 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 that wasn't me. That was my brother. We're not the same person. And Kevin Owens, because he's amazing, goes, even if that's true, the last time we were in a ring together, you hit me in the head with a fucking guitar. And Elias is like, so you're going to be in my corner then? This was great. I did enjoy this. I did enjoy this. Like, if you're going to... Wink and nod at me, which they were doing here. Make it funny. Yeah. And Kevin Owens can get anything over. He's the best, man. Um, So before we get the match, we had a Matt Riddle tribute concert by Elias with a picture of Riddle and some bongos on a table. You're still going to... I know you're going to turn on him when he comes back, so I don't know what we're doing here. Um, But Elias, Sige, hadn't written the words. Riddle had. uh, But he pulled it out of his pocket, and it was, like, rolled up. I don't know what they were trying to imply with how the paper was uh, rolled together. So it felt like it, 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 it. For me, it looked like a paper sausage. I think what you missed, Wilborn. Right. It wasn't a paper sausage. No. So it was like a rolled up bit of paper. Yeah. And it was found like amongst. Pinched it, yeah, 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 yeah. That weird, like, American way of doing it. Different culture. Mm hmm. So like, it was meant to look like. <sighs> Stand already. It's meant to be a joint. Oh! Tell you what, Elias has got comic timing, physical and verbal. Down pat. He registered it just long enough to go. Ah, oh, there yeah. you go. And the fight is a small. Because that riddle of- gave me this. It's the lyrics, these, yeah. Because you got, you, without being too obvious about it, the fans, you heard a smattering of, like, if you know, you know. Let's join. Let's join. Let's join. I smell it everywhere these days. Yeah. Like, way more than I, maybe I think lockdown's just. <laughs> Me and Anne Louise literally stopped in our tracks when we were walking around Birmingham. And then you just see someone, and you go, oh, it's him. Yeah. <laughs> like, some people are like, you're like, where on earth's that come from? Some people are like, that guy, that guy right there. I smell it more. Like, it's pervasively than ever before in my life. Every time I'm on the Metro, yeah, there's always someone. Maybe lockdown just did things to people. Metro Ken. Metro Ken having a took. All right. Ugh, I'm stoned already. I thought is um I honestly thought the production here was quite good. Yeah. They've got that picture of Riddle. Like, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> and... He's like beaming like an idiot that he is. And then Elias goes, you know, talk to me. His childlike sense of wonder. And he got his stupid curling face. They've got this horrible, horrible habit of making me quite like Riddle, and I resent them for it. Mm. Okay? I resent them deeply for it. Grass is green. 
Sky is blue. I'm your best friend, and you are mine too. George Ezra. No, it's not. Um, it, Elias, you're my bro, was the central hook of the, the song. That was it. And then we got Elias versus Solo. Skip. Want to say anything about this before we skip? Sami Zayn is over like Rover. Yeah. Solo Sokoa is mint. Yeah. Elias is uh, a manager in a wrestler's clothing. I'll just do the post. Which is fine. Should I do the post? I have managers. They're great. I'll do the post match after this because enough all that. It's now time for this. It's short. It's crap. It's wrestling related. The five star review review. Nailed it. And this week's five star review review is brought to you by Liam Drake. Um, if you want to suggest something short, crap, and wrestling related for us to review instead of a god awful match on Monday Night Raw, uh, I mean, fifty percent bad. Solo Sokoa is great. Um, if you want to do that, then you can do so by either leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, leaving us a five star review, and suggesting it on there, or you can just leave us a five star rating on Spotify. Send us the proof. We need the proof. Screenshot it, yeah. Uh, and then email me a review, just like Liam Drake has done, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. Liam writes, all right, lads, day one listener, first time emailer. Thank you for getting in touch, Liam. Um, I'm goal scrounging here as I'm playing for an obvious tap-in, like me at football last night, that. Uh, but my recommendation... I like to dictate play from the center of the pitch. I've turned that, turns out I play best in below... Zero temperatures. Oh, you have I've, a game. I've discovered I had a really good game last night. It's short. Oh. It's <laughs> Hang on, we're going to need that, actually. The other one bit in a minute. The other way, other way, that way. This. In a minute. How? It's time to play the game! I thought that's what you were reaching for. Yeah, yeah. Remember last week, we promised the listeners... Oh, yeah! ...the fight stories from Five Aside. Yeah. What's yours? So you had one, didn't you? Yeah, and this is, there's been a lad who... Uh, he just just takes it too far for what is it's not competitive ours it's just 12 lads show up and we go right you you and you versus you you and you and like we keep score but no one next week goes ooh four games on the bounce because everyone mixes the teams up and no one remembers the moment that you know basically the moment the next team comes on to take the court off us one lad has been like catching people and like we you know you have to try you can't be like Michael can you stop tackling like that please so we have to all be like oh well calm it down a bit lads Inexplicably, just so happens when every time you tackle, um, he's quit playing now. Oh. I said it was going to be a. I said there's going to be a fight at this one more week, and he quit playing. And then last night, everyone turned up like oh, it's a bit awkward. All that now in it, and I went, you know what's going to happen tonight? Someone's going to get injured now. After the, after all this, when no one's got injured, boom, someone turned their ankle. Can't play. <laughs> oh man! Shout out to Christy. Get well soon, mate. Get well soon. I the only. F- there's the only fight, the most vivid near fight that I remember is my mate Tompa is uh, a Raji. And that's a few mentions on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I know him now. Yeah. So he's a little Raji. What I mean by that, if you're not from the northeast of England, is that he's very uh, quite hyperactive, quite abrasive. He's um, Aggie. Aggie, yeah. A bit like. Um, it doesn't look anything like him. doesn't really behave anything like him. But you know that short fuse, Eddie Kingston style of guy mm. who just cannot, he's got no filter. <laughs> yeah. He just gets the red mist, and then he's caught, his nickname used to be Titch. He's quite oh. a well-put-together lad, like quite uh, toned and lean, but I'm not backing him in a fight. 
against pretty much anyone I know. What's his laugh sound like? Oh, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> he's he's got like such a cruel sense of humor. Like I'm surprised. I'm me and my friendship group right are amazed that he's never been chinned, that he's never been sparkling <laughs> out because he asks for it all the time. Like someone kind of drunkenly bumbled in front of him in a queue. This guy was massive. It's kind of person where you think, yeah, mate, what you do? What you want? Yeah, yeah, do what you want. Away you go. He went like that, and he's in the back what? of it with his elbow. That's, that's such a bitch move. Like, and the kid's, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, oh, he's just pissed. I had to storm him out of there. There was oh, a. Um, makes me nervous now every time you go out. It's a lad called uh, Graham and Six One. Before I get to the five aside fight, right? We'll get to the five star review review as well, of course. It's just this is a vivid six form. And when you've got your own, like, uh, common room. Oh, yeah. I love the common room. Those are room. the days. Those are the bloody days. You knew it was better, but common room's sixth form was still pretty awesome. Mm. Like, we had a mate called Graham, right? Played basketball. He's, like, six foot four. He's going to chin any of us in the friendship group if things go awry. You just... And he's quite... He had a bit of a temper on him as well. So, arm's length with Graham. And a uh, nice guy. But whatever, you just were a little bit like, oh god, if he gets aggy, then we're in trouble. So Tom, uh, just cheek, 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 chirp, 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 yeah. cheek, 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 cheek. Right. When you got a guy who's like a foot and a half taller than you, you know, could chin you. Right. Threatens you. It's the last thing you do. You take the piss out of his threat. He, this guy was so angry. The clue, right? The hint of how angry he was was that he couldn't even get the threat. Out oh. because he was like over his words, like stumbling. With the, with yes, MJF. exactly. And he said to Tompa, "Right, we're sat on a the table. There was a wall right there. I put you, I put you, I put you through that wall if you don't shut up." Right? <laughs> no, I'm so scared about what you're going to so say. So instead of going, "All right, okay, sorry, Graham," oh, I put you, I put you, I put you through the wall, will you? <laughs> it's like, he's going to kill you. It's like Tompa, let's go to the vending machine. Like I've saved this guy's Bendo. life. The vendor said this guy's life. In football, it's like biting at someone's ankles, biting at someone's ankles. My mate Mark is a landscape gardener. Like, like just, you know when people, when they nudge you or whatever, you say, oh, you've got like a very, it's all muscle in that arm. And yeah. He's quite a tall guy. And um, they were both quite physical. Yeah. And they had like a bit of a, near the boards, kicking each other's ankles. And Tom went, what the fuck are you doing? And he just, honestly, it was the best thing ever, right? He's standing up, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Titch. I'm a foot away from Mark. He's like, eh! <laughs> he's like, eh! Jumped up and just slapped him on the top of the head. That's like, just punch him. If he's going to kill you anyway, at least put, what have you done that for? Eh! And just slapped him on the top of the head. <laughs> like whack-a-mole. Yeah. Just punch him if, he, if you're going to go out like that. If you've just readily embraced a fight <laughs> that you're going to lose, swing for the fences. Luckily, Mark is like very relaxed. He's like, oh, like he didn't have to, he didn't lose face by not having a fight that he was going to win. <laughs> yeah. So he just took mercy on his soul. But yeah, Tom, uh, he's going to get chinned. He's 36 now. I mean, we have or is he 30? No, he's going to be 37 next year. I don't know how he's gone this long without getting Christmas chinned. festive period's a, a dangerous time. We'll have a Tomper update when we come yeah. back in the new year. 
So anyway, Liam Drake, thank you for your email, Liam. Uh, day one listener, first time we emailed Liam writes, I'm goal scrounging here, I'm playing for an obvious tapping, but my recommendation for the five-star review review is a video simply titled, William Regal, Funny Moment. Uh, if you ever feel the need to add a Spike Dudley third wheel to complete the Northeast Dadley Boy trifecta, let me know. Liam from Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough, that's Yorkshire. I'm joking. I'm joking. Thank you, Liam. Thank I you. I went to see... Uh, I've been to Middlesbrough on a couple of occasions. Went Driven to see, past it. I went to see uh, rival schools there in my youth. And before they broke big, there was like a free festival. I saw the darkness. Wow. In Borough. Good days out. Good days out. As a Chesterfield fan, I despise Middlesbrough. So, thanks anyway, Liam. Uh, <laughs> so, we take ourselves back to, and no Hamflet here, but I, I told you not to research this because I've got a question for you. So, this was taken from the, I think, October 1st, 2001 episode of Monday Night Raw. Christ, that's the end of an era, isn't it? So, we're heading towards Survivor Series, the Alliance, the Invasion. It's still going on, hence why we're going to get Ivory and Lance Storm in this. But... Um, all this stuff's going on, so you've got matches like a European title match for uh, for, for the European title, obviously, <laughs> uh, for, between Spike Dudley and the Hurricane. Uh, Booker T, Test, and Rob Van Dam versus Undertaker, Kane, and Chris Jericho. I'm right. sure. I'm sure the WCW guys got a lot of offense in that one. Uh, WCW World Title match uh, between The Rock and the Dudley Boys. It's a tables match. Oh Christ! As well, of course it is. Got B, it's got Bubba Ray in it. Tajiri and Tori Wilson versus Stacey Keebler and Taz. But Michael Sidgwick. It's time to play the game. What? Or sorry, more specifically, who? 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 Faced Kurt Angle in the main event of Monday Night Raw on the road to Survivor Series for the WWF. Title. So just to reiterate, Taker's already got a match. Kane has already got a match. The Rock, Jericho, Booker T, Test, Rob Van Dam, all in action. So who did the Alliance select, or who was Books from the Alliance to challenge in the main event against Kurt Angle for the WWF title? Take your pick, that WCW payroll. I'll give you a clue, it's not Goldberg. Jindrak. Nope. Oh, hey. Nope. Uh, I'll give it, do you want a really big clue? Some things never change. Shane. Shane McMahon, ladies and gentlemen. Cool. I think her angle won. I can't be asked to even check. Uh... Shane tries a pile driver, but angle reverses into the ankle lock to retain. Small mercies, I suppose. Anyway, prior to this, to set up a match later on in the show, backstage, we are in uh, William Regal's office. This was 21 years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. And this is still how they do it. Interior, William Regal's office. Union Jacks everywhere. Tea set on the table. Picture of the Queen. Picture of Maggie Thatcher on the walls. And uh, Ivory walks in and says, Commissioner Regal. Why? I'll miss Tiffany Stratton, man. You only have to wait another day. She's not going to be here. She's teased for the new year. All right. Dude, go on, do an Ivory impression. They're just like Ivory. Commissioner Regal. <laughs> Who's that? You wanted to see me? 
I love Ivory, man. She's great, wasn't she? Yeah, but I feel sorry for her in this friggin' segment. Yeah. So I think she's just come from right to censor, and now she's, well, anyway. Yeah. Regal says, you're bloody right. I wanted to see you. What on earth you call that? You just cost a Jerry and Tori a match. That's the problem with you alliance people. You don't know when to keep your bloody noses out. Who do you think you are? Can you imagine anyone in the ROH versus CZW feud having, like, you know, they're not having a nice conversation, but they're just acting in a segment in each other's territory, yeah. just having a bit of banter. Like it's a like it's a sitcom and not a war, not an interpromotional war. I thought about this going through it. I was like, why would you just anyway? I'm Ivory. Okay, <laughs> this is not a reflection on Ivory. I just missed doing my Tiffany Stratton impression from the NXT show. You know why I went out out there? The more of me the fans see, the more they like it. That's why I'm really here, right, Commissioner? And she's running a hand across his back. Maybe you just wanted a little closer look for yourself. The question is, Mr. Regal, are you into tops? She points out breasts. Or slaps her ass. Bottoms. See, I thought you might have needed help having that translated. Oh, uh, no. Uh, there might be a this little bit This one's a bit obvious. On. How would you describe Ivory's gear? Um, well, it's revealing. I and re- it also specifically reveals her arse crack. Yeah, I was going to say, it's all latex. And then they're just like, inexplicably, is a hole. Not at the top either, is it? It's not like it's like a, it's not like it's like a line with a U shape in it, is it? It's, it's all connected, like a belt at the top. And then there's just a hole to show the crack rass. As uh, Cedric rightly points it out. <laughs> and Regal says, in only the way that William Regal can. Oh, you filthy, disgusting scrubber. <sighs> you know what gets me is that the name of this video is called <laughs> Funny William Regal Moment. <laughs> and isn't it really that funny when Ivory, who was visibly distressed at the idea of participating in the 2000 Royal Rumble bikini contest, and they eventually sense that, look, she's a wrestler. Maybe she just wants to wrestle. Maybe yeah. she just wants to do this kind of thing. So I thought, you know what's a good idea? Having her in right to censor and she can, it's uh, it's a role suited to her. Like, my memories, there's so much of WWE history that when we get some kind of belch from it echoed through a YouTube algorithm. Belch or, from it's a great term. Belch from an algorithm or suggested by a reader and I can't, or a listener, and I just cannot recall it. Why did they make Ivory every other diva when she clearly was not interested in playing that role? But uh, right. what she thinks, right? <laughs> Funny moment. <laughs> oh, you filthy, disgusting scrubber. Why don't you cover that up? You'll get a bloody draft in there and get pneumonia. <laughs> then Lance Storm comes in, oozing charisma. Why am I not surprised, he says. Eh? Instead of spending your... T- <laughs> <laughs> Instead of spending your time running the World Wrestling Federation, you're using your power to call Ivory in here and ogle her. I love the phrase ogle. Ogle, that's a very uh, British tabloid. He ogled her before he bonked her. <laughs> yeah, what is it? In a romp. Love rat Darren Day ogles. Yeah, whoever, soap star. Well, that is sexual harassment, my friend. And I have a mind to call the authorities on you. And Regal says... Listen to me, sunshine. I love a threat with the word sunshine in it. Regal's talked about this before using British slang. 
he called Jericho a trout slapper when, <laughs> when I interviewed him. Listen to me, sunshine. I'll give you bloody harassment. Why don't you go out and get in that ring? I'll put my boots on and I'll give you a bloody good hiding. Now you get out of here, you poor-faced pillock. <laughs> That's one a bit of alliteration I will allow for. Yeah, Regal can do it. Other people who will go nameless can't. Yes. Get out of here, you poor-faced pillock, and take this disgusting trollop with you. Go on, bugger off. Wow. You thought wow. that was bad? We go to the comment section. Oh, my God. Right, I hope... Beyond hope, Adam Wellborn, that the comments section would realise that even more so than usual, right, a woman playing a role as scripted inevitably by a man in a very male gaze, misogynistic way, they are not your masturbation for it. They're probably not consenting to that. They probably find it very, very icky. And Ivory in particular wasn't interested in this kind of thing. But we'll see. Let's find out. Uh, once again, these don't reflect the views myself, Michael Sidgwick, Michael Hamlet. It's time to play the game! Did it, did it, did it, How are they specifically going to get pervy? And um, what can they say here? Um, There's one line in this that I'm going to have to give an extra. I wish word. I was in an illness. I wish I was a draft of wind. <laughs> yeah. Half these friggers are. It, right. I've tried to stagger it a bit today. Uh, do not afraid to use myself, Dadly Boys, anyone to what culture wrestling. Nathan Wolf. Oh, boy. Writes, I don't think I've ever heard a more accurate description of Lance Storm than Poe-Faced Pillock. <laughs> well, his bad faith takes recently would uh, actually confirm that statement, I would say. I just put this one in because it's so And rad. it's like, and you know it's like, are you from the Valley? Are you from Canada? <laughs> I just put this in because it tickled me. It's from Will S. It's so random. Regal makes me really proud to be British. And he's put both the Union Jack and the... Uh, St. George's flag in there, so you know he's proud. Other than my dislike for Shakespeare and the royal family, apart from Princess Diana, I agree with Regal on everything else, and as he said and done in WWE. All right. I don't get people. <laughs> Why dislike for Shakespeare? It's one thing to say, oh, you know what? It's possibly a bit impenetrable. You might not want to read him for pleasure, but the man was a genius. Yes. Uh, you can find a boring, impenetrable, a chore. You have to recognize the talent. Mm. Uh, Bill Parsonson. Right, I, you have to imagine that I'm elbowing you in the ribs halfway through this comment, okay? Okay. Right, in quote marks. You filthy, disgusting scrubber. <laughs> Everyone loves one at 3.30 on a Saturday night, though, don't they? Spoken like a man whose dick will remain dry for the rest of his days. And is it is it starting to turn now? You ready? Etox Edge. Right. First off, 100% agree with him. Bit out of character for Ivory to flaunt. Oh, that being said, I'm glad she did. It started. Oh, God. Uh, this is the bit I needed your help with. PCD Fitness writes, after the camera rolled off, I would have called her back, got a number, and got some serious business <laughs> later, if you know what I'm saying. What business would they be talking about? Oh, uh, read the comment again. After the camera rolled off, I'd have called her back, got a number, and had some serious business later on, if you know what I'm saying. I think this gentleman believes himself capable of um, pulling ivory. Like, it's just that simple. Um, and I think he, by business, he was referring to full penetrative intercourse. Right, okay. So I'm just doing some research into the next... Uh, so... 
In the Large Hadron Collider, Sage. Right, this isn't the comment yet. I've not got to it yet. But in the Large Hadron Collider, I've just Googled this. They smash gold particles together, and for a split second, the temperature reaches 7.2 trillion degrees Fahrenheit. Bear that in mind as we read this comment from user DG. I just just loaded letters and numbers. Who just writes, oh, there's nothing hotter in the world than ivory and latex. Well, there is, because I've just... So she's 7 point, maybe 7.3 trillion degrees Fahrenheit. That's why we ends up at 60 Celsius with their stupid system, so I don't even know if that's hot. Uh, RV1 writes, I bet 100 shillings Regal gave her right royal seeing to when the camera stopped rolling. <laughs> that Keekley's burner account. I'll take that bet. You know why I'm going to take that bet? You know why I'm going to take that bet? Because they're not sluts (laughs) who exist for the pleasure of men exclusively and just think, right, okay, uh, I'm going to finish my job. All right, spread them. Oh, God, (laughs) I need the nearest dig I can get. That's not how it fucking works. So I will take that bet. Darul514, final few ones here, Uh, writes, so... (laughs) So glad no, not November is over. Oh, God. I don't... What does that mean? See, I'm stuck on that one, Wilborn. What does that mean? It means he can masturbate to this without feeling as if he betrayed a month tradition that he has. Oh, right. So glad. Was that December this year? (laughs) (laughs) Right. These do not reflect the views of myself, Dadly Boys, anyone what culture wrestling. And also, just to reiterate, we do not support... In fact, we support the antithesis of this comment, okay? Oh, Christ, this is going to get edited out. Ica Rush writes, Oh, I'd burn a puppy alive for the chance to smash her. Imagine getting an erection after doing that. Imagine if it's like you don't have, <laughs> you don't have. Why is that working? Can I even go working lighter? Imagine if it's like getting like same day deal. You have to, you can't like have a gap where you have to go through <laughs> therapy and then do it. It's, it's, it's like one and done, right? Okay. Right, okay. Imagine seeing, <laughs> imagine seeing a puppy's eyes like incinerate in front of you they're going alright okay <laughs> that was horrible but I'm still hard <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, moving on uh, final comment comes from Boo I thought yeah. we I couldn't end on that one so I got that this. is that is the worst thing I've ever heard in my it's life awful in it Boo writes final comment I thought we'll have this as a I was going to say palate cleanse it's the same sort of thing right oh <laughs> How can you still get hard after that? Think about what you think. The internet was a mistake. Yeah. Uh, Right, Boo writes. I'm going to do the voice that I think he's writing this in. Oh, dirty WWE. They've all got that voice. They've all got the voice. We'll carry on, sorry. Dirty WWE. Hello, Ivory. He's written this. He sat down and gone. She might read in the comments, you know. So if I can find it. If you find it, then she'll get in contact. Hello, Ivory. Already a winner. 
Your cute and sweet ass deserves not to just be looked at, but deserves to be treated... <laughs> Is he miladying an arse? Because there's a, there's a body attached to it and a brain. And, uh, Your cute and sweet ass deserves to not just be looked at, but deserves to be treated... <laughs> I'm really sorry, I will get this out. It's the, it's the bit where I read what I'm about to read, and I know I'm going to have to say... <clears throat> I'll not look, I will not look at you. Okay. Your cute and sweet ass deserves to not just be looked at, but deserves to be treated lovingly <laughs> with super luxurious horsepower <laughs> like mine. Say again? Say, did I hear that right? Your cute and sweet ass deserves not just to be looked at, but deserves to be treated lovingly with super luxurious horsepower like mine. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I'm assuming he means that he's got a lot of fuel in his tank <laughs> yeah. and his thrusts are powerful. I like the idea that out. There's not to be looked at. I'm treated with super luxurious horsepower. Oh, bollocks, why she doesn't think that's me? Like mine! <laughs> <laughs> I've got a big cock! <laughs> She's reading the comment. Super luxurious housewarming. Mean, that sounds good, but where am I going to get it? Oh, like mine. There we go. I'll message. There we go. Where, where is the IP? <laughs> That's, think about what we watched to get to that. There's a hole to see your ass crack and be like, well, that's it then. Trousers off. It's time. Gentlemen. <laughs> it's time to wank. It is time to bust. <laughs> oh, my. Like, uh, Gentlemen. It is time for fab. Oh, just please go outside, man. Like, please. Go, like, go outside. In T fact... Touch grass when you're super luxurious horse. In fact, I, in fact, stay in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> stay indoors for the love of God. But thanks, Liam Drake, for that one. Much appreciated. Where were we? Because of, because of this regular bit. Like, when I'm on public transport, I'm thinking, it's got to be one of yours. Yeah. <laughs> one of yous are like this under a cloak of anonymity online. And who is it? Ladies and gentlemen of the bus, um, which one of you got super luxurious horsepower? <laughs> Just come on, let's have it out. Who's, who's, who's thought about burning a puppy? <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. We don't support that. It's awful, obviously. I don't feel like we need to say that. Yeah, much. I, say I, yeah, yeah no. But thanks, Liam. Uh, much appreciated for suggesting that. I didn't realise quite entertaining some of the comments. That sections. was the journey. Uh, Elias... It's just lost to solos. After getting hit with a spinning solo, it's a attacks him again, hits him with the... Uh, skip means skip, man, move on. I'm getting hungry now. Uh, hits him with the Simone Spike, goes to do the chair stuff. Owens makes the save. Stunner for a solo Sokoa. Zane's like, let's get out of here. And Elias is like, oh, thanks for that, mate. And, and Owens hits him with a stunner as well. That was a nice touch. Yeah. Um, good. It was good. Nice video narrated by John Cena, all about tribute to the troops. Uh, and then it's a fully big glorifying assault rifles, but that's another. That's I'm not talking about. Yeah, that. they showed uh, some pictures of me dressed as an elf, <laughs> giving out t-shirts <laughs> to the fans. Uh, <laughs> then we got Asuka versus Rhea Ripley. Uh, no face paint for Asuka here, uh, but a very enjoyable match. Um, Asuka drives Ripley into the post, and it's a code breaker to take us to, to take us to break. When we come back, uh, Ripley's in control, but Asuka fires backs and hits Ripley with a couple of roundhouse kicks. And she goes, "Hit me again!" So she just does with a sliding kick because Asuka's great. 
Dominic Mysterio's running interference. Of course he is. Uh, I like the bit where Asuka feigned kicking Dominic, fell right on his ass because he's a little bitch. Um, but that allows Ripley to take over, shove her into the side of the ring, goes for the riptide, Asuka counters. She's got her in the Asuka lock. She's going to submit, but Dominic pulls Rhea Ripley's leg, pops it on the top rope and joint, jumps up to tell the referee so she, uh, she can get a rope break. Asuka is furious about all this, gets up, Ripley takes the ref, Asuka misses Dominic Mysterio perfectly, sells it great, He's, ah, he sells it, falls back, but uh, Ripley shoves Asuka into Dom, uh, knocks him off the apron, who cares, uh, and hits the riptide for the one, two, three. I thought this was good, not great. There was the odd missed strike. I could have done without the narration. Sometimes a bit of verbals in a wrestling match is really great. Like Cash Wheeler, kill that motherfucker. I didn't, it has to be good for it to work for me. I don't think this is very good. And uh, no, hard hitting, quite good. Again, the fans didn't give a toss, so it was impossible for me to. Funny how Ask that works. Asker and Ripley, and you don't give a toss. It's that's criminal because. At least, like, I can vaguely understand why if a casual-leaning person, oh, I'll go with the wrestling, it's in town, and they know who the stars are. Like, Rhea Ripley's a star yeah. now. Give her the bloody reception she deserves and she's yeah. working really hard to get. Uh, and it did get a bit of an entertaining segment after that as well. Dominic's in the trainer's room, uh, and he's like, ah, my eyes, they're burning. Is this guy even a professional? He's trying to put drops in there. Damien Priest... Boy Popper himself goes, <laughs> could be worse. Something else could be burning. I think he, what was he trying to infer there? Sorry, I thought I had a serious message. I didn't. Could you go through that again? Sorry. Damien Priest says, uh, could be worse, Dom. I know your eyes are burning, but it could be something else. <laughs> something about like his pee? I think so. I think he's talking about you getting, you getting casting in. Would that not infer something of Rhea Ripley that mm. wouldn't have been stable? Rhea, Rhea, Rhea slapped him. I, I just was just a very entertaining little segment, uh, and they're, they're trying to help Dominic, so maybe maybe next week he's still going to be suffering the effects from this. And then we got a down-the-lens promo from a uh, friend of the channel, Dolph Ziggler, uh, putting over... <laughs> we didn't work here, Dolph, when it happened. 2015, we, neither of us were here. Yeah, what happens, Dolph, is that generally um, people don't stay in the job for that long. <laughs> I'm surprised I've still got a job, to be honest. Dolph Ziggler puts over the importance of the US title, uh, which is why uh, Seth and Bobby are going to be fighting for it. Um, and uh, he says, Austin Theory's not the deserving champion. Watch your back. Anything you want to say about this? No, not really. Uh, right, main event time. Yeah. It was Bobby Lashley versus Seth freaking Rollins. Lashley dumps Rollins over the barricade uh, to take us to a break early on in the match. Rollins comes back, though. High cross, dive, super kick. Falcon Arrow gets him a two count. Lashley drives him into the ring post. Uh, Rollins avoids a spear, though, and hits a super kick, followed by a frog splash. Both of them get near falls. Um, Lashley does that brilliant bit where Rollins sets up the stomp, goes for it, and he just doesn't move. I love that spot. Uh, he hits a power slam, catches Rollins in the hurt lock, but they... He, Rollins sort of, they stumble back into the corner and referee, in an attempt to not get bumped, jumps out of the ring. As, as all this is happening, Lashley spears Rollins out of his goddamn shoes, but the referee's tweaked his ankle, so he has to take a second before he gets back in the ring. 
That allows Rollins the time to recover that we get a one, two, two kick out uh, from Seth Rollins. And Lashley's like, what are you bloody doing? I didn't put three there. Where were you? What are the bloody odds there? Eh? Sets up for another spear. As he goes for it, Rollins does that great counter of his where he just jumps in the air and catches him and pedigrees him in the moment. One, two, three. Seth Rollins, he's the number one contender to uh, face Austin Theory. Really enjoyable main event. But um, Lashley pops up immediately and he's furious with this referee about what's gone down. Another referee comes to get involved, and Lashley just, get off me! But accidentally elbows the referee and knocks him down. Down to the ring comes Postman Pierce, and he said, as we alluded to, he's warned about it, warned him about this already, and Lashley's like, oh, piss off, mate, get out of my face, shoves him into the barricade, and the show ends with Postman Pierce, I think calling in, or at least alluding to calling Bobby Lashley something very naughty that we can't repeat here. But Nothing racist, of, obviously. Just oh, no, case, obviously, yeah. yeah. I was going to say a mother effer, basically. Yeah. Uh, and uh, said, you know what, bollocks, you're fired. Bobby Lashley fired to close out no, the show. No, he isn't. No, he isn't, though. Not. So yeah. it uh, makes no sense, and I can't take it seriously at all. Uh, this was, let's be consistent. It's the way forward. No, leave you consistent, but let's be consistent. This, to me, was... A JAS versus BCC tag team match of a match on Raw. Like, it's good. I get it. But I'm done. I've seen it far too often. Yeah. I've seen the finish. I've seen the best counter you've got. I've seen the very best of it. It's getting redundant now. It's hard to really get up for. Look, look this is the one match that the fans were into throughout. So maybe, well, I don't know. Um, I like the bit where Rollins went for the dive on the outside and... Uh, Lashley cut him on his shoulders and then does that spot that he always does where he runs him into the ring post. Yeah, I think I've seen it though. Yeah. I have yeah. seen it. And it just didn't advance on the match that they've had before, which was better. Um so yeah, I was in a bit of I was the, a, a, a raw main event has to be class, otherwise, if, even if it's good, I'm like, don't care, it's been three hours. I'm, yeah. I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. Um they've fired people without actually firing them since nineteen ninety eight. Was I used to do this with Austin and he'd find a way back and all the rest of it. Um, 1998 was when this trope came into effect. Like, you fired him. What a twist. 24 years later. Ah, oh, right. He's not then. It was always stupid. From 1998. Well, I thought he was going to be suspended was our prediction yesterday, didn't we? That makes yeah, sense. Like, that's believable. At least that's believable. And he can make it believable by... Not having him appear on TV for a certain amount of time to sell it, but you know he's coming back, so it's a believable thing. This is absolutely not believable. It hasn't been believable since 1998. Remember when Vincent McMahon fired Cena? It's like, you're not firing your cash cow. Yes. You're not firing your PR cleanup face of the company. Don't be stupid, and don't expect me to be stupid to believe it. It's stupid and un like, impossible to believe as this Always has been, even though the extended latitude to it in 98, because it's awesome, he rules. It's so much more difficult to take seriously. And again, to reiterate, it was always impossible to take seriously. In the wake of the formation of AEW, which if you're interested in how that actually happened, hop onto Amazon and buy Becoming All Elite. <laughs> Becoming All Elite, the rise of AEW, my book on that exact subject, 120,000 passionate and insightful words all about it. In a post-AEW world, impossible. Absolutely impossible. You would just go to AEW. They would never... Tony Khan, snatch your hand off for Bobby Lashley. Yeah, absolutely. Snatch your hand off. And in return, 
AEW don't release people either, even though they should, by rights, release Andrade for assaulting mm. a fellow co-worker. But they're not because no one's going to release anyone worth considered valuable. So why insult my intelligence with this? Just suspend him. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a big suspension or, a, you know, I, I believe that. He's been fined a quarter of a million dollars and he can't work till like, he's at the Royal Rumble, for example. But uh, very dramatic conclusion to Monday Night Raw. Let us know your thoughts on it on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch that. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at um, Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. I got some lovely messages yesterday who said they've got um, people who've got like really busy schedules and stuff or long journeys. And yeah. they really appreciated uh, the stuff we put out yesterday. Because, yeah, we reviewed SmackDown, Rampage, Final Battle. Uh, and NXT deadline, so go check that out if you've got time. And me and Sid will be back later on to preview the show formerly known as NXT Dubai. Oh! But once again, thanks to Liam Drake for our five-star review review. You can still submit yours on Apple Podcasts or just do the five-star thing on Spotify. Screenshot it, obviously. Yeah, we need the proof. Uh, and then email it to me, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. But for now, this has been the Raw Review. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.